This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, today we have the first of several announcements between now and the end of the year about the future of this program. For the last 10 and a half years, this program, Cross Hope, has not only been heard locally on WFCJ in Dayton, 93.7 FM, but we've also been heard nationally on the Family Talk Channel on Sirius XM Channel 131. Unfortunately, that airing on Sirius XM will stop at the end of this year. We want you to know, we'll say more about it as we progress, but we wanted to give you a heads up today, the 21st of December, 2020. God bless you, and thanks for listening to Cross Hope. The caller ID on the insurance agent's phone said cellular call. He picked it up. He said the woman wasn't exactly frantic. She wasn't hysterical, but he noticed an edginess to her voice when she said, do you insure homes? And he said, of course I do. That's our company. That's what we do. And she said, well, I need to get home insurance, homeowner's insurance on my house. And he took some information down on a piece of paper. And then she said, you know, is there any way that we can wrap this up on the phone right now and just take care of it? And he said, well, no, I have to do a visual on your house. I have to see it and just look the property over. I don't have to go through every room or anything like that, but I have to see the property. And she said, you better get here quickly because the house is on fire. You better get here quickly because the house is on fire. An author talking about that story said, how many people go through that emotionally and spiritually and in their marriage and in their family where things are on fire, figuratively speaking? And we call on the Lord and say, Lord, I need some insurance. I need you to do something in my life. And I've put myself there and I've been there and done that. And so have you. And so have you. An expert on time says there probably are hundreds of books on time management. You go to the bookstore, you can go to the library, you can find hundreds of books on eBay or on Amazon.com on time management. But he said this, he said, most people don't manage their time. Most people waste it. Most people pass the time and most people kill time. Very few people manage their time. And I think he's right. I think he's right. Today, we're going to look at one of the most practical passages of Scripture that we've ever studied. I've had people tell me over the years, you know, I just can't understand the Bible. It's so ethereal. It's so spiritual. It's so up there. And, you know, what does it have to do with my real life, as the case may be? I'll tell you what it does. Today's passage will have explicit content for you on living your life day to day today and how you're going to live tomorrow. And it will impact your life in a, in a powerful way. We're in Ephesians 5, beginning at verse 15 today. We're going to read today that all planning can be rendered useless by one single moment. One accident or mistake can change your life forever. And what we need to do is wisely plan for the future and hope that God's goodness, God's goodness will allow those plans to be fulfilled. What I want to do is simple verse by verse, beginning at verse 15. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but wise. Anytime you see the word wise or wisdom in the Bible, here's what wisdom means. It doesn't mean IQ. It doesn't have to do with your SAT or your ACT score, or your PSAT, whatever test you've taken. 
Wisdom has to do with seeing life from God's point of view. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. What would happen, and I really mean this as a legitimate question, what would happen in your life this week if you looked at every decision and said, Lord, help me to see my relationship with my husband or wife from your point of view? Lord, help me to see my relationship with my children from your point of view. Lord, help me to see my job from your point of view. I'm a t-shirt reader. If I see somebody at the mall with a, a message on their shirt, I want to read it. And I will go out of my way to read it. In fact, years ago, I saw this young man, 15 or 16 years of age, with something on his t-shirt. I read about three-fourths of it, and I didn't finish it. So I chased him. I said, stop, I want to read your shirt. And here's what this 15, 16-year-old boy's shirt said. Honest to goodness truth. It's not that life is so short. It's just that death lasts so long. Wow. Profound Kodak moment for me to read that. It's not that life is so short. It's just that death lasts so long. I don't know if he meant it as a joke. I don't know if he was trying to convey a message or just trying to be cute or funny. But I had a point. So many people, including Christian people, are interested in making a living, but they're not interested in living a life. People are interested in maintaining their standard of living, and that's a big deal today. Are we going to be able to maintain our standard of living? Are we going to be able to maintain how we've lived for the last 20 years with the economy the way it is? And that's a big issue with a lot of people, and people will focus on that rather than being interested in living a life that pleases God. That's the reality. People are interested in maintaining their physical life and the condition physically of their bodies, but they're not interested necessarily in anything to do with the spiritual or the eternal. Verse 16 says, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. This is one case where I prefer the King James Version translation that says redeeming the time. Redeeming the times is more powerful to me because redemption always presupposes bondage. If you're redeeming something, it means that it must be in bondage or in slavery. That's what it means to live wisely as you redeem the time. You take time that is under the control of something or someone else and you redeem it. You bring it out of bondage. And you bring it out of bondage and you say, I'm going to use this time to live it for the Lord. That's what that means. And it says, because the days are evil. I thought the word evil, when I looked it up in the original, was going to say wicked and witchcraft and the occult and all that. It's not what it means. You know what I found out the word evil means? Diseased. The days are diseased. Do you know what that means when you look around you? I hope you're not one of these people that says everything's getting better and better. Because I would say to you, it's not. The world is not getting better and better. It's not waxing nicer and everything's getting better. It's getting worse. It always has been. Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world, which means what? A sinful world. The days are evil. The days are diseased. And therefore, we're to make the most of every opportunity or redeem the time. Verse 17 says, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Anytime you see the word fool in the Bible, it does not mean somebody with a low IQ. You may have called somebody a fool this week. Don't raise your hand, but maybe you did. Somebody may have called you a fool or said you were foolish in a situation. 
To be a fool means to be a person with a character flaw or character deficiency in the biblical sense. It doesn't mean somebody with low intelligence. And so Paul says what? Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Understanding the Lord's will means I understand his word. Well, yesterday on Cross Hope, we made a powerful special announcement that this program will cease airing at the end of the year on Sirius XM channel 131, the Family Talk channel. It will continue on WFCJ 93.7 in Dayton, Ohio. We needed to tell you that. We'll tell you that again probably tomorrow on Cross Hope. Well, two more days until Christmas. Somebody may have reminded you, perhaps a child did. But I know this is a time of partying, Christmas parties, and isn't it interesting? We're going to read where the Apostle Paul says, don't get drunk on wine, talking to the people at Ephesus. And he tells the people why. It may speak to you about drinking this Christmas season. I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade. I'm just trying to share some truth with you from the Word of God. Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. God bless you as you listen two days before Christmas 2020. You will never understand the will of God until you start reading the Word of God. Would you write that down? I will never understand the will of God until I start reading the Word of God. Why? Because His will is His Word, and the Word is His will. People are always trying to discern and divine, what does God want me to do with my life, but I never read the Bible. You ever open the book? No, but I, I want to know what God's will is for my life. I can tell you one thing. God's will for your life is that you come to a knowledge of his son. It's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's God's will that everyone should come to know him. That's the will of God, the general will of God. But we can't know his will until we know his word. Let's look at verse 18, which I think is a really powerful verse. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. It's interesting that Paul mentions that. Well, that was the drink of the day, by the way. That was the alcoholic beverage of the day. So he was saying, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Here's a principle I want you to write down. Whatever fills my life controls my life. Whatever fills my life controls my life. Tell me what fills your life, and I'll tell you what you're controlled by. If somebody says my life is filled with alcohol or drugs, then I guarantee it, that's what controls their life. You don't have to be a scientist to figure that out. Whatever fills my life controls my life. Conversely, if I fill my life with hatred, that's what controls my life. Have you ever said this about a person? You know, she just seems controlled by her hatred of mom or dad. He seems to be controlled by his hatred of so-and-so at work, and we use that expression. That's biblical. Whatever fills my life controls my life. And that's why Paul says, don't be filled with wine, the drink of the day. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Let the Spirit of God rule in your life. Whatever fills my life controls my life. Napoleon is somebody I've never studied in history per se. I just read different quotes from him over the years in history classes. One thing I remember, Napoleon said that in every single battle that he fought in Europe, and he said this didn't matter if the battle lasted hours, if it lasted days, or it lasted weeks, he said there was always a 15-minute window in that battle 
where the battle was won or lost. 15 minutes. Didn't matter if the battle went on for days. There was a 15-minute period that he could always reference later and say that was the 15 minutes where we won the battle or that was the 15 minutes where we lost the battle. I'm not trying to be melodramatic here today, but there's some of you that can look back on your past and you know there's some 15-minute windows where some things were lost. 15 minutes. Well, we hate to interrupt the program with this announcement, but we need to. Starting uh, January 4th, this program will no longer be heard on Sirius XM Channel 131, the Family Talk Channel, but will only be heard on WFCJ 93.7 FM in Dayton, Ohio. Economic realities have made this situation the way it is. We want you to know. We'll tell you more about it as we progress in the next couple of weeks. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Crossope. That's crossope.org. Well, today is Christmas Eve 2020, and a reminder that at the end of the year, this program, after 10 and a half years on Sirius XM Channel 131, will not be heard on the Family Talk Channel after the 31st. We've had a great relationship, a powerful relationship. We've been blessed by being on Sirius XM, but the program will only continue to air after that time on WFCJ 93.7. Wanted to give you a heads up on that moment. I saw the word debauchery years ago. I thought debauchery has this real dramatic sound to it. Debauchery means drunkenness. It means cavorting. It means immoral behavior. And your mind can go wild with all kinds of scenes of debauchery. And then I looked it up in the original. You know what I found it meant? In the Greek language, you take a word and you just put the letter A in front of it and you make it the opposite. The simplest one is the word theist. To say I'm a theist means I believe in God. If I put the letter A in front of theism, I get atheism, which means I don't believe in God. The word debauchery, get this, is the word that's the opposite of salvation, which scares the daylights out of me. To be filled with wine, which leads to debauchery, it leads to the opposite of salvation. Is that scary or what? It means that that contributes to things in my life. It leads to things in life that are antithetical to the word salvation in my life. That's a sobering thought. And I'm not just playing with words. It really is a sobering thought to think that. To be filled with the Spirit. Why? Anything that fills my life controls it. I think you know where I'm going with that illustration. All of us need to be thinking in terms, not just death and our departure, but about our life. Is it true that we waste our time? If it's true that we kill time and we pass time, why can't we spend some of our time saying, Lord, I want to plan for my departure and I want to make the most of the time you've given me. I realize that every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. And Tomorrow, you see, is a gift I haven't received yet. And next week is a gift that I haven't received yet. And next month and next year are gifts that I haven't received yet. And yet James talks about the arrogance of people like you and like me who talk about what we're going to do next year. And we plan to take that trip in five years, and we don't even know if we've got tomorrow. I'm told that if there's a certain historical home you can visit in London, England, and above the door is a sign in Latin that translated goes like this. You would weep if you knew you had a month to live. And yet you laugh, not knowing you may not have tomorrow. 
You would weep, and so would I, if we thought we only had 30 days or 60 or 90 days to live. But we don't know whether we have tomorrow because every day is a gift of God and tomorrow is a gift that you and I haven't received yet. I'm not one who talks to people on airplanes. As much as I talk to people, I'm pretty shy on airplanes. And so I'm always mystified and intrigued by ministers who I've heard speak, maybe you have too, how that when they fly on an airplane, they lead 20 people to Christ and they won the two people in front of them and they turn to the people on the left. And then they had a revival on the way to the bathroom and, you know, they led 20 people to the Lord. I've heard those kinds of messages. I really have. I can remember them. Well, that doesn't happen to me. I've had people fall asleep on me. I don't even know them and they fall asleep. Well, I really want you to try to listen tomorrow. I know it's Christmas Day, but at least listen to crossoak.org to hear the final segment of this program where I talk about a conversation on an airplane with a woman who had just lost her son to cancer. It was a powerful moment in my life. I share it tomorrow on Crossope. That's crossope.org. Well, Merry Christmas today, 2020. God bless you as you listen to the final part of a message we began on Monday of all things about time management in your life from Ephesians 5. Some of you remember Southwest Airlines. They don't do this anymore, but they used to have seats that would face one another. If you can believe that toward the back, you would sit and you could face the people that were sitting in front of you, which is a little awkward socially, but there were three people seated in front of me looking at me as I was facing the front of the plane. I noticed a woman was holding a book in front of her reading it, and I'm always interested in what people are reading, the novels or whatever people are reading, and I saw the title. It said, How to Say Goodbye. Well, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I figured this woman is either in the process of losing somebody in her life or she's lost someone. So I was bold and I interrupted her reading and I said, excuse me, have you lost somebody you love? She didn't say a word. She just took the book and she laid it down like that in front of her and didn't say a word for maybe 10 or 15 seconds. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I've done something I shouldn't. And she looked up and she said, yes, I just lost my son, Eric, 22 years of age. She started talking about him and she said, nobody wants to talk about Eric. My family doesn't want to talk about Eric. Friends don't want to talk about it. I think they're afraid they'll upset me if they bring it up. And so I took that as a cue. I said, you tell me about Eric. It was like opening up an envelope and just stuff started falling out. And she told me about her son, Eric. And she said, you know, from the time he was diagnosed with cancer, to the day he died was six months to the day. He lasted six months. And then she said something that really intrigued me. She said, you know, during the last week or two of his life, Eric would ask me questions that were childlike in nature. I said, what do you mean? She said, he would ask simple childlike questions. Will grandma be there when I get there? Yeah, honey, she will. Well, I see uncle so-and-so. Yeah, he'll, he'll be there waiting for you. Well, I see this person and that person. And she said, all of his questions in the last week of his life were childlike questions. And I said, there's a reason for that. And she said, why? Those are the only questions that matter. Those are the only issues that matter when you're a week or two from dying. You want to know, is my loved one going to be there? Mom, will you be there? Dad, are you going to be there? 
someday are we going to meet? Are we going to have a reunion? Those are the only questions that matter at a time like that. And I want to suggest to you that that's part of preparing for departure. That's part of making the most of your time. That's part of redeeming the time because the days are evil. That you start thinking about what really matters in life. And you know what really matters in life? The older you get is eternity. Being with the Lord forever or being absent from the Lord forever, which is the scariest definition of hell there is. You want a definition of hell that scares me? It's to be absent from the Lord forever. That's hell. To be away from the Lord forever. But we're told in the Bible to be absent from this body, to die is to be present with the Lord. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, that's where you will be also. And folks, you either stake your life on those scriptures that talk about the next life, or you stake your life on philosophy, on science, on money, on your resume, on your education, and it doesn't deliver. Didn't deliver for Eric. He wanted to know spiritual reality and truth. Decide that you're going to be a person who doesn't live foolishly. That you're a person who's filled with the Spirit because you recognize today, this day, that whatever fills my life controls my life. And Merry Christmas from all of us at CrossHope. That's CrossHope.org. You've been listening to CrossHope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at CrossHope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Crosshope is listener-supported and is produced by Crosshope Ministries, Incorporated.